Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, when I heard about this guest's work, I was absolutely curious and blown away by the mystical aspects of what he does. Today on the show, we have Dr. Q, and Dr. Q is an expert in Indian palm reading. And if you listen to the episode, you will discover this practice that goes back thousands and thousands of years. I was amazed that I had never heard of it. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Dr. Q. How are you doing, Dr. Q? Phenomenal. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. Uh, it's an honor and a pleasure being on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I, uh, A mutual friend of ours, Laura Co. Uh, as I was having her on the show and we were talking off air, she mentioned that she had a reading with this amazing doctor with something called Indian palm leaf reading. And then she kind of explained a little bit about it. And I was like, what, what, what is that? What, how in God's green earth do I not know about this with all of my studying and traveling and being into this? I had never heard of these concepts before. So before we go down that road, which is a very interesting road, and we're going to go deep down the rabbit hole on, on that. Um, can you tell the audience a little bit about how you started uh, your line of this line of work with Indian palm uh, palm leaf reading, and the other healing work that you do. Sure, of course. And now, first of all, those of you who are just listening to this and not watching it, I'm a white guy. I'm from the West. I'm not Indian at all. So that I do this is uh, mind blowing to me too. After ten years of doing it, I you can rest assured. Now you need to understand a little bit about me to understand why I ended up doing what I'm doing. We all carry a cross one shape form or another and my cross is health i've always had major health issues and i'm pretty sure that i've been in hospital longer than most people and the whole thing started when i was 16 uh, where when i was diagnosed with cancer now i grew up as a my mom's austrian but that's persian so we grew up in iran some of you might remember being mature enough uh, or read in the news there was a revolution in 1979 so my dad was very wealthy and not a Muslim, it was a Baha'i, and Baha'is were persecuted, killed, imprisoned. Uh, hence, when the revolution happened, the Islamic revolution, we had to flee the country, period. There was no future for us in that country. And most certainly my dad would have been executed, likely us, all of us too. So my mom packed up two suitcases and flew to Vienna, Austria, because she's from there. Uh, so overnight, from wealthy with a chauffeur and you know servants and, and all the rest of it to zero. So I know how it feels to be wealthy and I know how to feel to be a refugee and have no money at all. Um, 
one of the reasons why money is not a big driver for me, it really isn't. Um, and um, when I lived in, I was a teenager and I lived in, in Austria in 1986, some of you might be mature enough to remember that too, there was a nuclear catastrophe, the biggest to the state called Chernobyl. There was a great Netflix uh, series too, if you can watch it. So in April of 86, Chernobyl uh, bursts and uh, the nuclear cloud travels, you know, a few thousand kilometers, miles and dumps the uh, fallout, the nuclear fallout over Central Europe and Vienna Austria is in the heart of Europe. And because of that, I got cancer. Now, my cancer doctor, again, lucky to um, meet that wonderful lady who saved my life, she became a politician afterwards and she became the, health, the Secretary of Health for Austria. And we became very good friends, close friends, because she didn't get to see so many kids like me survive. And uh, we're still in touch, she's still alive. And she told me behind closed doors, I should say, that it's because of Chernobyl. And uh, you can see a spike in cancer rates across Europe, but they didn't mention that publicly because they didn't want to. They didn't want people to know that that's because of Chernobyl, which is far, far away from uh, in Austria. So not only Austria was impacted, but of course Germany and the Czech Republic and all the countries around there. So it took me three years to recover from this. I was an inpatient for six months, for a long time, chemotherapy, radiation, surgery, you know, the whole nine yards. A, a thousand needles went up my veins, a thousand, a lot, um, and. Um, of course, at the time when I when I was diagnosed with cancer, I said, you know, God, why me? Why me? I'm just a kid. You know, we just survived the revolution. Here I am. My life hasn't started yet. And going through it being, and I saw people getting killed at the revolution too. Don't get me wrong. I saw that too. You know, uh, there were shootings in the streets. And then I saw people die in my room as well when I was in hospital. Uh, not as lucky as I was. And uh, when I was 19, they said, you know, uh, you're good to go. You're in remission now. And hopefully we never get to see again. Well, there was uh, a wish because I have to go back every year and get checkups. But um, I said, God, why me? How come I survived and uh, these poor buggers um, did not? And that's uh, somehow when I connected the dots, there's got to be more than meets the eye. There's got to be. It's, it's, uh, we just get to see the tip of the iceberg. So even though I was a kid, I really started wanting to get deeper into things and understand things. Even though my mind wasn't there yet because, again, you know, I was just a kid. I was a teenager. Yet... That was the beginning of my uh, spiritual journey. Of course, I had to pursue a regular career too. And I would have most likely studied medicine because I've come from a physician's family. But three years in and out of hospital cured me for good to ever mm. set foot in hospital voluntarily again. So that option is out. Uh, but I became an academic. And uh, that's the reason why I'm called Dr. Q. So it's not a stage name. My friends at the university started calling me Dr. Q because they wanted to either tease me or they thought it was cool. But it stuck, you know, for 25 years now, Dr. Q. And, um, and um, so I went to shamans in the Amazon, you know, I did crazy things. I, I can be open about it too. Uh, I used not just um, regular meditation techniques to get deep in, but I had some shamanic help. I went to John of Gods in Brazil several times. He's wow. the most famous medium in the world. I did, you know, Reiki healing group therapies, Vipassana, uh, you know, being stuck in uh, darkness. I did all of it um, just to pierce the veil. I want to know, is there something that I cannot see? Yes, there is. I cannot see it. I cannot explain it. I cannot touch it. But yet I know that reality happens in here, uh, in your head, in our heads. Uh, and so healing or sickness, death, good times, bad times, money, you name it, doesn't really matter happens up in the head, I'm pretty sure. 
how to manipulate that. Sometimes I know, sometimes I don't. I'm just a human being like everyone else. Um, but I do know that it works in uh, one way, shape, form or another. So 10 years ago, I got very sick again. A virus impacted me and it um, hit me without me knowing it. And it impacted my heart. At the time, I already had met a girl from Hungary, Budapest. And that's why I live now in Budapest, Hungary. So I'm talking to you from uh, Europe. She, I, I, we, you know, I'm a very fit guy. I know that. I'm lean, I'm fit, I'm very strong. And so uh, when we were jogging, I couldn't even keep up with her anymore. I said, man, uh, she said, Q, she said, doesn't look good. You need to go back to your cancer hospital because this is abnormal. I was sweating and the chills. And, and so she put me on a train and sent me back to Vienna, which is only three hours away. And I show up at my cancer hospital again. And they know me. I say, oh, Dr. Q, welcome. You know, I'll be a P treatment there because they know me because I was a kid there. And um, uh, they said, yeah, let, let, let's test you. And um, then they said, Dr. Moy, they said, you have to stay here because you're very sick. And I said, what do you mean? i got to fly to Frankfurt in two days. You know, I said, the, I remember the uh, the chief cardiologist, he shouted into my ear saying, Dr. Moy, I don't think you quite understand. You are deadly sick. You will stay here. I said, oh, my God, okay. I didn't feel that bad. But that day I collapsed. And thank God I was at, uh, already in the hospital. And they shoved me into the ICU because I had myocarditis. Without me knowing, that means an inflamed heart muscle. I'd water my heart sac, pneumonia, water my lungs only because I'm fit and ever since my cancer times, I really look after myself very well, help me survive. So when I'm, when I'm being shoved into the ICU, I, I say, God, oh my God, this is just crazy. Why me? I mean, there's so much health issues and there are car accidents and you know, uh, pneumonia all the time and uh, way more than just these two big events. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And um, so I thought it must have to do with karma. And I, I somehow clicked, it must have to do with karma. So I shared this with my girlfriend who came to, you know, to the ICU. Uh, and she said, you know what? You need to do a, a palm leaf reading, which she just had heard about uh, on local Hungarian TV. Don't know exactly how. And I said, really? Okay. You know, I'm a sucker for all of this. I've done it all, I'm telling you. And she said, but I told you already a year ago. I said, that's impossible. I said, yes, I told you a year ago. Do it. And that's, again... Uh, is is um, evidence of the fact that when, when we're not ready, we don't hear it. We do not hear it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember that I read a, that I read a book um, by Deepak Chopra too, who I now know because of the work that I do. He wrote a book called um, uh, The Book of Secrets. And in his book, he talks about palm leaf readings too, about his own naughty reading. And it went in and out. It didn't even sink in, which is, which is bizarre. And I'm a sucker. I'm telling you, you tell me something that is crazy, I'll do it right away. They told me about ayahuasca i flew to the amazon and did it right there you know in the jungle and it was scary as hell and don't i do it you know so there is anyway when you're ready you're there and that is why i ended up getting a reading done and the reading blew my mind i'm telling you not only did they find out my name and my parents names when that's called matching process but the guy told me at the time you know i had two readings so far in my first reading he said oh at age 77 to 79 you will have a heart attack and die I was impressed because they did not tell him that I have heart issues. And if you ask me as a human, how do you think you're going to die? It's like, well, either cancer comes back or I'm going to have a heart attack because my heart has been impacted because of radiation therapy and chemotherapy and, and, and the big uh, uh, virus that hit the heart. Um, I was like, wow. But he said, that's just karmic. You can do something about it. And the, 
Um, good news about palm reading is that for every block that's identified in your reading, you get a healing modality so you can fix it. And that brings me back to that everything in life is just energy. So that means if you're sick or sickly or things in your life are not working out the way you'd like, or they work out the way you like, so the positive and the negative is just energy. And so you get a healing modality, we call it a puja, where you usually recite the mantra or you have to do a physical act to help overcome it. And the more you do it with your heart, the more you can prove to the universe that you're serious about it. And then the, the universe helps you. And he also said 10 years ago, and by the way, you're going to bring this to the West. And I thought, he's kidding me. I'm a white guy. I have nothing to do with any of this. Um, I went there to get healing for myself and um, uh, no ideas beyond that. So uh, then, of course, I share my experience with friends and family, and they all want to get a reading done too. I said, okay, let's fly to India. And this is when I realized that India is a no-go zone for most Western people, period. It's just the reality of it. I've been in travel and tourism my entire life. I've been to over 100 countries. To me, travel is, is just second nature. I love travel. I'm a gypsy. If I don't travel, I get sick. I really need to go and explore things. But that's when I realized that people just don't want to go to India. It's too hot or too, too dirty, too poor. You know, the, the food's too spicy. I don't know. Whatever the reasons might be, they're just scared. And that is when we said, okay, can we maybe do it on Skype? You know, the old days. And the reader said, sure. And that is, uh, and then when they had readings on, and I was in every single reading, because I realized people, even though they, uh, they want to get a reading, they didn't understand the accent, you know, called Hinglish, because he was into, um, interpreting it into Indian English, you know, English. And it's very thick, and you really need to have trained ears to understand what they're saying. So I was in every reading, reinterpreting it into proper English. And the next thing I realized is people didn't understand the message. And not that I had any idea about palm readings at the time, but I had done a lot of spiritual work. So I understood the deeper meaning of a reading. You cannot take it literally. It's, it's, a, it's a compass. It's a guideline. Um, it's a blueprint for life and um, many other things that, that uh, go into this. So I not only reinterpreted it into proper English, but I also tried to make him understand the deeper meaning of that. Uh, of what a reading actually is and what the reading uh, is meant for them. And then they spread the word and more people came. And then I ended up talking to people that I never even heard of. You know, I said, oh, my God, um, this is now more me helping a couple of friends um, out in my family. And that is when we put it into a legal structure called an Empowerment Reading Institute. And the rest is history because now I'm talking to you 10 years later. And I, you can rest assured I never, ever in my entire life uh, planned on doing so. So the universe somehow guided me. And now when I think back of the, the first reader who told me, oh, you're going to bring this to the West, I was like, man, if I only remembered who he was, I would go back and say, oh my God, you changed hmm. my life. Here I am. Um, I just uh, do not remember uh, him regrettably. But the second reading I did, and that uh, might bring um, a good end to this introduction, is um, I do know the second reader because he now is our chief reader in our institute. And I remember him sitting in, uh, across from him. You know, When you think of an office in India, and I was in his office uh, in India, it's a hole in the wall. That's the reality of it. You know, it's tiny, it's cramped. They use a lot of incense, which uh, given the chemotherapy that I had is, is like a sledgehammer in my face. I, any, any scent that's more than a little bit drives me nuts. So I was suffering through the, you know, the two, three, four hours that it took. Um, and so he looks at me when he goes through the, the matching process, which I will explain um, later on. He looks at it to make sure that he finds me on the leaf. And he looks at me, looks to the leaf, and he's like uh, baffled. And he's like, what's up? He said, you are doing this, he said. You are doing this. 
And the second reading was three years later. And by the time we already had the Institute, it's, it was on my leaf that I'm already doing this. I said, well, I'm not, I, I'm not doing it myself, but I have now a little Institute where I try to help people. Uh, and then he said, oh, and, and I can see 82 plus. So he got the gift of longevity, which means the healing work that I did after my first reading impacted to overcome the karma, uh, which caused my health issues. I've not been in hospital since, so um, I, I touch wood uh, and I'll, I don't really intend to go back and um, that I'm doing this already. So now I'm getting ready to do a third reading and see what's out there. So that's uh, me being involved in, in all that. So I already told you, I personally make no money with this. It's an institute, it's a non nonprofit foundation. The whole purpose of it is to preserve this ancient um, knowledge and wisdom. It took me many years to find the right people. It's not easy, I have to be honest with you too. For those of you who've never traveled to India, because I get a lot of emails every day. Oh, I'd like to do it in India. I said, good luck. Good luck finding someone who is authentic and real because it's not so easy. Most regrettably, an Indian would sell you almost anything to make a quick buck. That's the harsh reality of it. So it took me quite many years to, to find a team that I trust, that I know that they're really doing it from with all their hearts because it's not easy to become a reader. It takes about seven years to become a fully-fledged reader. Seven years. It's like going to university for a long time, and I know what university in life is because um, I've spent 10 years of my life um, as a student and then as a lecturer. So um, they not only have to learn an ancient language that's dead, that's called Guranta or ancient Tamil. And by the way, the whole thing, the hub of it, the hub of Indian palm of readings. Oh, by the way, Indian palm of reading is, an, is a term that I invented. Indian, because I thought, I hope that people want to send it's connected to India. Palm leaf. I hope that people want to send there is a leaf involved, the palm leaf, not the palm of your hand. And yet every day I get a message on Facebook or Instagram. Can you read my palm? There's a picture of the palm. I said, dude, read the website before you send me an email. I have no time for this nonsense. So palm leaf and then readings that there is some sort of reading involved. Uh, but in, in India, we call this Nadi reading or Nadi astrology. Now, Nadi has many meanings, many, but I'm just going to explain a few to make sense to you. Nadi means um, seeker. So person seeks the message. It means leaf. It means pulse, representing life, human life. But it also means the exact moment in time when the message is divulged to the seeker. Not a day before, not a day later. That day, period. So Nadi reading. But at that time, I thought nobody would know what Nadi reading means. So hence Indian palmy reading. And, um, so, and I do this you know, as good karma mm -hmm. work. Because in my reading, I was told to do good karma work, which I'm happy to do. It's now way bigger than I thought it would be. In the beginning, it was just me helping a couple of people. Now, with the thousands of readings, it's um, uh, overwhelming, to be honest with you, too. Um, it's become a real institute with staff, and you know, otherwise, I wouldn't be able to do any of that. But I give back as much as I can. So uh, we have an orphanage in the town uh, our office is in, um, and um, we do we support separate from the orphanage, which looks after about 80, 40 kids and 40 adults that are mentally and physically disabled, um, individuals with, with you know cow donations and you name it. So I'm here to help as many people as I possibly can. Um, so that's that's the institute. By the way, the, the whole the hub of all of this is in a state called Tamil Nadu, which is the southernmost state of India. And those of you who've been to India might know or might not know, that's the only state that's different to the rest of India, period. 
if you want to go to the one part of India that's distinctly different to the rest of them, that's Tamil Nadu. First of all, they're Tamil people that live there and they speak Tamil language. It's the only state, it's you know, it's a federal state like the United States or Canada, Australia, uh, that does not speak the common language called Hindi. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So when an Indian travels to Tamil Nadu, which by the way has a similar shape uh, to California, it's only on the east coast of, of India, not the west coast like California is, it has 85 a million people in that one state alone. And uh, they're primarily vegetarians and it's the most uh, spiritual state too. There's uh, The state of Tamil Nadu has more temples than any other state per capita. And um, uh, so even if an Indian travels to Tamil Nadu, they cannot communicate because they might speak the common language Hindi, but Tamils don't. So they have to revert back to English or English. And so to Tamil, another Indian is also like a foreigner. So when they come to get a reading, they got to be just as careful as a, as a white boy like me to mm. find the real person, uh, which is not so easy because there are plenty of people that claim that they're readers and they um, just give you a reading, which uh, is either nonsense or they, they charge you horrible amounts of money. Uh, so that's where mm. the whole thing is. And, the, and our office is in the heart of that state called Tamil Nadu. It's about five hours south of Chennai. Chennai is the mm-hmm. capital city. Chennai itself has 15 million people and you've got to travel south for about five hours. And there is a small town, small village. And that's, um, well, it's, it's a town, not a, not a village, uh, where we have our office. Um, so mm. now you have geographically an idea of where, where it is. And um, legend has it that about God knows how many years ago, two to 5,000 years ago, because there is no written record. There isn't. And by the way, currently I'm working on a book to write it down from the history part to what a reader needs to study to be able to become a reader, how the process works, all of it in one uh, book. So people can always refer back to it. So legend has it that two to 5,000 years ago, that means before Christ was born, enlightened sages, we call them Maharishi. Maharishi means great sage, sat down in meditation, prayed to the gods they knew at the time that would be Hindu gods. This is not a religious act. What you're doing is a, is a Nadi reading. And yet it's connected to Hindu traditions because, again, you got to put your historical glasses on and think back to the 5,000 years ago. That's all they knew was, you know, their little universe called, which we now call Tamil Nadu and the Hindu gods. So they meditated to them, got the power force that tapped into the Akashic records. And that's one of the reasons why Laura and I get along very well, because it's, you know, everything's in the Akashic records, uh, if you wish. Um, and by the way, folks who have no idea what Akashic records are, we're not doing Akashic readings. We don't, but the Akashic records is like a compendium of all knowledge up there to keep it simple. And, um, so they tapped into it and downloaded the message for the individual, for Alex, for Dr. Q, for whoever, and then dictated the message to their disciples telepathically, I guess. And they started writing them down on on palm leaves, hence Indian palm leaf reading. Now again, two five thousand years, two thousand five thousand years ago, there was no paper, so they utilized what they had in abundance: palm trees, and their big, 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 big leaves. Not the leaves that you might be used to from uh, in California. They're different. They're huge leaves, and they cut them into, I don't know, 10, 15 inch long, about an inch or two wide, fresh. 
and then they utilized sharp tools to etch the information onto the leaf. And then when it dried up, the message came through. So perfectly biodegradable approach to life. They didn't um, waste the environment. And in order to preserve these brittle leaves, dried leaves, they used the bark of the palm leaf, uh, palm tree, and created books to cover the leaves that they put into one book. Now, this is, mm -hmm. for those of you who are just listening, I'm just showing you this, Alex. That's a book or bundle, if you wish. And these books or bundles carry leaves that have one thing in common, and that will be your thumbprint, your thumbprint category type. I'll get to it. And then these books or bundles are stored in archives, libraries and archives, across, for the most part, southern India, called Tamil Nadu. Now, when you think of an archive or a library, you might think water dispenser, security guards, air condition, far from it because you're in India. These are, for the most part, little holes in a wall, dusty, dirty, and they are safeguarded by families. So the vast majority of these bundles are in private libraries and archives. There are big ones too, municipal ones, state ones, federal ones, and I've been to I think by now to all the big ones. Um, but the vast majority of these bundles, which carry the individual palm leaf, are with families. Reader families, that is. Because most readers are being taught from grandfather, father, son, uh, and so forth. As an outsider, you may become an, a reader too, of course. And usually you would submit yourself to your guru, to your master, and start sweeping the floor and doing you know um, work here and there, and then eventually he will start divulging uh, his um, vast knowledge about this to you. And the training lasts about seven years; is a long time because the reader, a fully fledged reader, a real one, an authentic one, has to learn a lot of things. For one, that would be ancient Tamil because they are written in a dead language. It's kind of like Sanskrit. Only the Tamil version of it called Granta. Uh, we can call it ancient Tamil too. It doesn't exist anymore. To make things a little more complicated, Tamil and ancient Tamil both are a syllabic language, sound-based. Unlike all Western languages, English, since you were just in France, uh, French, Italian, all West, even Persian, you know, I'm, I'm not Persian, uh, letter-based, A, B, C, D. Tamil, ancient Tamil, is not. Similar to um, Chinese, Mandarin, if you wish. If we had to convert them into letters, it would be 247 letters in a Western language, a lot. So he has to study that. It's kind of like um, ancient Greek and modern Greek. A modern Greek person does not read, write, or understand ancient Greek. They go to university to study ancient Greek, even though modern Greek roots in ancient Greek. Same thing with Tamil and ancient Tamil. So it's a syllabic language. It's a dead language. In order to be able to compress so much information onto the leaf, it's they use code. And the code consists of a lot of different uh, messages. And one of them, the tool that we use to tap into it would be Vedic astrology. Vedic astrology is a new hip term for the real words that we used, Indian or Hindu astrology. But in the 70s, Ayurveda became hip in the West. So they started to use uh, the, the term Vedic astrology to connect to the Ayurveda. But in reality, it's Indian astrology or Hindu astrology. So the reader is also a fully-fledged Vedic astrologist. 
Now I know after doing this for 10 years, I'm not an astrologist, but I've done uh, readings on one or two, you can rest assured, quite many. I now know that um, Vedic astrology is more precise than Western astrology. And the simple, just to you know, keep it simple, difference would be Western is based on the sun. That's the one astrology that we all know. And then astrology is based on the moon. That's one um, big uh, factor that uh, separates these two. Then um, he has to know about numerology, gemology, Ayurvedic principles, because all of that message is on the leaf, specifically written for the person who gets a reading. Yes, not every reading is the same. Yes, Alex, I can see that so, you okay. want to ask me something. Yes, so, okay, I, I wanted, there's a lot to download here. Um, I know, I know. There's a tremendous amount to download here. Okay, so if, let's say I'm going to go get a reading. Yeah, and all of these which leaves, I would recommend you, by the way, which which we'll discuss after this interview is over. Yeah. Um, so if I want to get a reading, if all of the leaves that were written down two to five thousand years ago are scattered throughout this state in India, how can you find my leaf if it's not all in one? We're get to that. Library. Don't worry, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. It's, it's as, I, as I told you already, before we even started this interview, it's very complex. And the more I learn about it, the more I know, oh my God, it never stops. Um, so two to 5,000 years ago, these enlightened sages, and those of you who are watching this video um, mm -hmm. uh, on YouTube, I just uh, am showing Alex a picture mm -hmm. of 18 main Maharishis, 18. There were hundreds mm -hmm. of Maharishis who wrote leaves, hundreds. But these 18, we deem as the main ones. And the guy in the center with the pot belly, his name is Agastyar. So Agastyar is considered to be the main guy. He wrote the most leaves. He was not just a, a, a Maharishi connected to Nadi readings. He was a poet, a scientist. He did a lot of things in his life. And so if you get a reading, usually they would find a book written by him. If you do several readings then they will look for different Maharishis that might have a leaf for you too. So to answer question, yes, you can have several readings in your lifetime, not just one. You can, because there were so many different Maharishis who wrote a leaf. Uh, that's one thing. So well, they said quick, a meditation, yes? Be mm -hmm. Before before you go sure. into it, yeah. just because uh, they wrote leaves for every human being, or is it that everyone has one? How does that work? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Well, now you, we can, um, that will be for part two, but if you okay. want to go deep into, deep into the rabbit hole, well, uh, we can, we can tap into that now too. As I uh, explained, you know, I read the book by, by uh, Deepak Chopra, the book of secrets. And in this book, he talks about his own naughty reading experience. Went in one ear and out the other. I read it, went in and out, boom. My own girlfriend, who is now my partner in crime um, in what we do, she told me a year before I heard it, there is bomber reading, I want to gift it to you. Didn't even sink in. And I'm a sucker for anything spiritual. I'm, right. telling you, I'm a sucker for this. Right. Didn't, didn't, didn't uh, register. So that means most of us, most of us, We'll never get a reading because it's not in here. It's not. It's just, I'm just scraping on the, um, on the surface here. 
through the medication that I do, and I meditate a lot, and I've, and I've explained to you, I think before the recording started, um, I really go deep, very, very, very deep. I've done crazy things in my lifetime. And uh, through the meditation, my own meditation, without any shamanic help, and with shamanic help, I realized that when you go deep, very deep, and there is no more thought, you become one with the universe. You understand that this, whatever we consider to be reality, is a matrix, for lack sure. of a better term. It's an illusion. It's, yeah. it's an illusion. I know that for sure. Um, now, what we do with this illusion, again, we've got free will and choice to make the most out of this particular journey that we're that we chose to have in this shape and form now, period. I don't want to go too deep into this because I can talk about this for, for hours. Now, and then, because once I'm, and I, I now even manage once in a while, not all the time, to get to the point by myself. It's scary, I understand. It can be overwhelming, I know that too. But once you're there and there is no more thought, then you realize, oh my God, the beginning of creation is thought. Once I verbalize something in here, that is the wow, 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 wow part. Before that, there is universe. It's it's all is one. It's beautiful. And like, my God, now I know what, what it might be once I am reunited with Moksha. And we can talk about that too. That means liberation and be reunited with the eternal source. And then you have a thought. And you start creating something. Body, couch, you know, this and that, the other. The reality that you're in. And... uh so the thought comes in, palm feeding, boom. So the thought is in here, but you don't do anything about it, but it's there. And then when you do an act, you do something physically to bring the thought into reality. And in our case, it would be to submit your thumbprint, which I'll explain. Then at the moment when you submit your thumbprint, you bring this into your own reality. At the same time, 3,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, I do not know. One of these Maharishis starts dictating the leaf and the message for Alex because now you're ready to get um, to receive the information that you want. I need to maybe further explain it. Um, given all the work that I've done as a simple human being, again, I'm just a simple guy. I didn't, I wasn't raised by parents who were shamans or or knew how to meditate. Uh, my, my, my dad, until he died, couldn't even pronounce the word yoga correctly. Kept saying yoga as a dad. That's something completely different. Uh, so that you know, I'm just a regular guy. Really, I am. Um, but if I can do it, good news is anyone can do it too, you see. And that's, uh, in my opinion, uh, the best news there is. Um, and so I realize the time, the way we perceive it, is not the reality. It, it, it cannot be. Everything happens at the same time. I'm pretty sure of it. Can I prove it? No. Can I explain it? No. But I'm pretty sure deep down that that's just the way it is. So mm -hmm. that means if there is no past, if there is no now, if there is no future, the, the, the way we perceive time, linear, compress it into one, that means everything happens at the same time. That also means, must mean that Alex, you and I are one. Must mean. So all one. So, so let me, let, so let me, I don't mean to interrupt you for a second because yeah. this is this is one of my favorite topics. Is course, this everything Everything happening at the same time? I've talked to quantum mm -hmm. physicists about this. I've talked to yogis about this. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to explain what the Maharishis were doing three, five thousand, six thousand, whatever thousands years ago. Is it possible that they, if everything is happening at the same time, which quantum physics is now really starting yes. to dive into, yeah. 
That means that there is no past, there is no future, there is no present. It all is happening at the exact same time. I always say that the record, the needle record happens to be where you and I are right now on the record. But the record is it's all there already. It's just, yes, correct. this is where we're at. Could the Maharishis, because of their level of enlightenment in this plane, were able to, and I'm using this as an analogy, step back, see the entire record, and that's where they got the information because for them, it's not going into the future. It's there already. They're just kind of tapping into Correct. that signal Correct. and writing it down. So it seems like it's past the future, but really they were just, oh, that's already there. So boom. And that's kind of the way psychics work in many ways. Is that fair? Yes. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course. Okay. It is. Good. Believe me, that's all I think about and do all day long is exactly this topic. Okay. Um, but it's, how should I say advance or it's, you know, it's a rabbit hole. Once you're in it, oh. uh, there is no turning back <laughs> and it's just going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. And you need to be careful not to go nuts because uh, it's, it's, it's mind blowing in order to stay grounded and, uh, and so forth. So I don't, I didn't want to scare anyone either, but I wanted to, since you addressed it, I'm happy to talk about it now too. Um, why things are the way they are. No, there is no need for every single person because not every single person here is it period. They don't uh, done. Uh, if you don't seek, hence naughty reading seeker then there is no time the exact time for the message to be given to you from a leaf also naughty naughty being the per the exact moment in time when the message is delivered to you um so uh, that is uh coming back again to how, it's, how it works now because i said these bundles or books carry leaves that have one thing in common that will be a thumbprint that now is the beginning of me um, explaining the process the process is the exact same as it has been for thousands of years. It's three-step process. One will be search for a bundle that hopefully contains your leaf. Two, the matching. That means we go through the book, which I will open up this, to find your leaf. And when the, the leaf matches you, that's called a match. And then the reading. Three steps. Now, the... Um, a big step would be for you to submit your thumbprint. Again, you've got to think back thousands of years. How could the rishis make sure that they connect a leaf with the individual. Again, at that time, people couldn't read or write. They couldn't. But they had one thing that really marked them as an individual. That would be your thumb impression. So they said, okay, we're going to lock the leaf with the human uh, through their impression. Male, men, right thumb. Female, left thumb. Important. Right the guys and left the girls. You submit it. The reader looks at your thumbprint and identifies your category type. There are 108 different category types. That's important to know. Just to study thumbprint category types is a science in itself. Very complex. And yet the reader identifies it. And then once he knows your category type, he goes on a physical search for Booker Bundle. That means from one archive to the next, to the next, to the next. There is no computer system involved. There is no registry involved. There isn't. Doing this for decades, of course, they have a rough idea where should I go to find it. But it takes time. Hence, I tell everyone, guys, the average search time for a bundle with our institute is 6 to 16 weeks. So... He would first look at his own archive and then he would to the neighbors and then he would hop on his bicycle, go a little further away. He would hop on a, 
moped that he has, go even further away. He would hop on a public bus, you know, go for a couple hours to look. And if it's too far, nowadays, of course, we have, I don't know, brokers or agents. He would call, you know, the different municipalities saying, hey, my friends, I need a bundle or book that matches this category type. Do you have one or two or not? If he says yes, he ships them over. He looks at them. Yep. Could be right, and then he will call you in the office. So that's a physical act. People are so impatient. They send us an email two days after the September thumbprint is, Do you have, said, my friend, read the emails that we send you. It takes six to 16 weeks. It can be sooner. It can be just one day. It can be, of course. He walks into his own archive. Boom, there is one. He takes it out. Now, people need to understand that there are thousands of bundles, thousands with just one category type, and there are 108 different category types. That means we're talking millions of bundles, real ones, not the fake ones, because if you add the fake ones to it, then God knows how many we have. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And in each one of these bundles or books, originally in the old days, we had 108 leaves, max 108. But of course, you know, time goes by, they're brittle, they crack, there's fire, there is this and that, the other. So we have on average, I don't know, 20 to 60 maybe in a bundle today, 20 to 60. That means we got tens of millions of leaves all over the place. In the old days, the hub for Nadi reading is a town called Vaitishvaran Koil in the center of Tamil Nadu. That's where the Maharishis lived, uh, many of them. And my office is not far from Bhattishwar and Coil. Uh, life happened. So the Tamils spread into other parts of India. That means you can have a reading in other parts of India. Of course you can, because they took their bundles with them. And then now we got Tamils in Sri Lanka. You can have a reading in Sri Lanka too. They moved to Bali. You can have uh, readings in Bali too. Of course you can. And to make things a little more complicated, in the northern parts of India, we also had Maharishis who tapped into the Akashic records, and those leaves are written in Sanskrit. Uh, and Brigo will be the most uh, important one of them that people might have heard of or not. So we've got Agastya, the main guy in the south, Brigo is the main guy in the north, and uh, uh, dozens of good ones, you know, real uh, enlightened uh, humans called Maharishis in between. But the hub, the center, is the south. So then uh, so the physical act takes a while got to be patient and then it brings him to the office and if you were in india you would walk into the office because people say oh my god i want to do it in india it's so much more romantic i'm like my friends you have no idea <laughs> what reality is i go to india all the time it's not romantic it's, it's not, not romantic at all uh, the way we do it is ten thousand times better because you are in your home you know it's either air conditioned or heated depending on when you do it um, uh, you can sip your cup of coffee or tea um, and you're in a relaxed environment. There, it's hot as hell. Uh, mosquitoes, they use uh, 20 incense sticks, which drives me nuts. Uh, there is noise, there is this, there is other. You're cramped in a small office, um, called an office in reality, there's a hole in the wall. Uh, you can hardly breathe, and that is my experience. So it's anything but romantic. Um, and then, so the search comes to an end. You now know where they are and how the search works. Because people think, oh, you're just going to Google me and you find me. It's like, man, you know, first of all, I make no money with this. So whether you come and get a reading or not, to me personally, makes no difference. One. Two, uh, you need to know that India is a very poor country. Uh, um, I'm a big fan of India and I can, to some extent, deal with it. Can I live there? I already explained to you uh, before we started the recording. No, I cannot. Um, but um, my readers travel 
an hour or more to come to the office because at home they don't have internet. One, they have an outhouse, my friends. They take a you know number two in a hole on the ground, you know, in the ground. So do you think he, me, or anyone else wastes a minute of my precious day to Google anyone? You can rest assured, no. But if that is your main concern, then please do not get a reading, period. That's just the right. reality of it. We don't have time for that. Because I get emails to, oh, you Googled me, you hacked my social security. I'm like, man, the amount you pay for this is not worth it. It's not. If you paid 100,000, maybe, but you're not. So uh, um, it's it, so you're going to trust the process too. And I know how it works behind the scenes. And I and I know how my my pre my my readers work. They meditate. You know, they come into the office. They meditate. They get them into the state and the right state of mind. They're way more advanced than we all are when it comes to uh, everything out there. And then they tap into it. So you come to the office, and they're ready for you. And then the matching and the reading happens. So matching means this. Uh, first of all, all the leaves in this, as I explained to you before, have one thing in common. Every leaf has the same thumbprint category type as you. That means you travel with your soul sisters, soul brothers in a book or bundle. You're not related to them. It could be a gentleman from France. It could be a lady from Australia. I do not know, but you travel together. They might not even have been born yet or long dead, but it's one bundle. And each bundle has like a symbol or a number on the, on the cover. So when the reader goes into the office, into these archives, obviously just looks at the cover and then it was okay, match, no match. You know, that, that's how it works. And all of the thousands of uh, bundles that would match, he just doesn't take the very first one says, oh, that's the one. No, he, you know, is there somehow connected? Because I talk to my readers all the time. And he says, I do not know. I I think that's that, that's the one. And then he pulls it out, you know? So it's some some sort of a divine connection for them too. And 90% of the time, that means nine times out of 10, they pull the right bundle out. Imagine out of the thousands out there, it's just mind blowing to me too. So they bring it to the office and then they open the book in front of you. And in this case, will be a book of Agastya. And you know, Agastya is the main guy, the, the guy who wrote the most bundles. Mm -hmm. And we, you can call him a GP if you wish, um, as he gives general guidelines about your life. And so they would open up the bundle in front of you. And those of you watching this on YouTube, uh, by the way, this is a mock-up because I used to bring original one to my mm -hmm. talks live mm -hmm. talks you know go to expos all the time and the one thing i tell people please don't touch what the people do they touch it i said man this is 300 years old you just cracked it so we copied it and that's a it's it's an original bundle original just copied mm -hmm. over so people can touch it and uh, and if you can see you know the, the inscription it's ancient tamil it's called granta so then the, the the reader would open up this book just as i do now and then he would look, so I open up the book now, and then he would look at the very first leaf. He would look at it, and then he will read out to you a statement that he deems to be the most important statement on this leaf. And your job in the matching process, Laura went through it, so she understands that you're, um, and I have to remember, remind people over and over again, the only job that you have during the matching process is to say yes or no, correct or incorrect, right or wrong. That's it. These are not questions. These are statements because he's matching a leaf to you. And again, to be for you to trust that this is you, the Rishis, the Maharishis wrote down information on here so that you can say, yes, that's me. So that our 
you know, limiting uh, intellectual mind can understand and accept. Okay, that's me. Understand. Cool. So he reads out statements to you. You're married. That means now. So it's your present uh, reality. If you're married now, you say yes. If you're not married now, you say no. No need to ever give any more information than a yes or a no. Let's say you're going through divorce, but you're still married. And he says, you're married now? You say yes. No need to say yes, I'm married, but I'm going through divorce. It's irrelevant. Yes or no. And then for as long as you say yes, he stays on the same leaf and reads out more information to you. You have two siblings. Yes or no? I don't know. You were born February, March. Yes or no? And if you say yes, he stays on it. If you say no, well, that's not your leaf. He flips over to the next one and starts from scratch. Whatever important message he sees on that leaf, he reads out to you. Mm -hmm. And then as long as you say yes, he stays on it. And then boom, boom, I should say, match happens when the reader starts reading out to you. He knows nothing about you, nothing. He knows your thumbprint category type because you submitted your thumbprint. So he knows that you're male or female. And that's it. That's all he knows. And you can rest assured that in our institute, uh, uh, we don't let the reader know because he's not even interested in, in knowing who you are. He will then read out to you your first name, your mother's first name, your father's first name, your date of birth, your time of birth, your weekday of birth. Uh, if you have a partner, partner's name. And here comes the killer. If you have ex-partners that you haven't spoken to in years and you hate their guts, boom, they show up on the leaf too. And you're like, oh my God, how come that bugger is on the leaf? Well, apparently he was important to your soul. So that person's name can be on the leaf too. How many children you have, their gender, siblings, how many, gender. To me, I, I was blown away. When he said, you have parents from two different continents, I already, I was like, man, oh man, this guy does not know me from boo. You know, my mom's European, my dad's, you know, Persian. That means Asia, so two different continents. Correct. Um, so, um that's you. To me, it was mind-blowing. I was just sitting there stunned because he, he, my mom's name, you know, again, to me, that's how it sounds, dumb, because it's uh, also delivered to you in a sing-song because it's written as a poem, not in prose. It would be awesome if we would say, oh, this leaf belongs to Alex. His mom's mm. name is, no, is, you know, the leaf, one more time, you see how small the leaf is? It cannot be like that at all. So it's very small, mm. two sides, two sides, you know? So it's, it's written in code and as a poem. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And the reader <laughs> has to learn how to deliver it to you as well, because it's delivered in a sing song. And the reason why they do it, the way he does it, you know, again, sound, waves, energies, it has healing faculties in it. So Alex, you're like, oh my God. So in my case, Gisela, meaning your mother's name is Gisela. I was like, oh my God, I know he has never heard that name in his life before. Gisela is a, you know, a, a German first name. And my dad is Siavash. I said, oh my God, you know, my father's name is Siavash. I guarantee he's never heard of that name before. Um, and so I knew it's me. I knew it, period. And then, so that's called match. And when you can embrace the fact that it is you, the second step, the matching, you know, search finished, match finished, then the reading happens. And the reading is um, based on three aspects. First of all, it starts with the day, the moment you get the reading, because it's naughty, not a day before, not a day later on that day, boom, one. 
then it's based on three aspects. Aspect one is your thumbprint name, your category name, because your thumbprint name is like your genetic imprint. It's your baseline. It's you. It's your soul's journey. Neither good nor bad. And um, and we explain your thumbprint name in, in detail to you in your reading so that you understand why certain things are the way they are. And if you're a little more mature, and you know we, uh, we too are, we can look back and understand why certain things are the way they have been and mm -hmm. will be. So it's a it's general, and yet you're like, oh my god, now I understand. Okay, so that's your thumbprinting. It's your baseline. That's the only thing in a reading you cannot change. Mm -hmm. The two other parts change all the time. First of all, it will be your energies, not your mood. Whether you had to fight with your wife in the morning or not, morning coffee or not, makes a difference. That would be your mood. Your energies, according to our system. A human's energy changes every six months. You can be in an energetic uh, cycle where there is a leaf for you or in an energetic cycle there is no leaf for you. I'm just giving an example here. So your energies, they change all the time. Then the stars and the planets, they have an impact on us, a big impact, whether we want it or not. And the vehicle we use in uh, Nadi readings to tap into that message would be Vedic astrology in an astrology. As I explained to you before, a reader is a fully-fledged Vedic astrologist. Vedic astrologists uh, make a living, you know, they um, they help a lot of people. And yet their entire career, you know, Vedic astrologists is just one tiny aspect of a reader's education. Okay? So hopefully that makes you understand a little more why it takes so long for a reader to become a reader. Because on your leaf, there are references to planets and how they interact with you. So you need to understand what is going on. So that changes all the time too. So two parts change all the time. One part never changes your baseline genetic imprint called your thumbprint category type. So based on these three, he looks at the leaf, decodes it, and gives you a possible life trajectory from today until there is no more riding on the leaf, which could mean the end of your life, but not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Now I'm explaining to you the most important part in one sentence, why anyone can get a reading. Because these Maharishis wrote the message for you. And if we go deep down the rabbit hole, you wrote it for yourself because we're all one in reality, <laughs> right? To create a better life trajectory for yourself after your reading. Better. Whatever better means to you. We all carry across one shape, form, another. Mine is hell. I just didn't want to be in hospital anymore. Um, some people want a relationship, kids, better money, a more meaningful job, whatever better means. If you are crazy enough wanting to live longer, well, then better means longer for you too. Hence, I say it could mean the end of your life, but not necessarily. I do not want to extend my life. I'm done. I'm telling you, I'm more than happy to um, check out here and then uh, kick back up there and sip my pina colada and say um, sayonara uh, to never come back. But that's a different story. We can talk about that at a different uh, podcast. So uh, that's it. A better life trajectory for yourself. Now, no one's life, also very, very important, no one's life is set in stone, cannot be because we have free will and choice every single day. Do I turn left or right? Do I drink coffee in the morning or not? Tea instead of coffee. Big small and big choices and decisions that we make every single every single day moment that we exist but what it can do is it can show you 
a possible life trajectory from today's point of view. It helps you as a blueprint, as a compass, as a map, so that you, with your free will and choice, can steer your ship in a direction that brings you to calmer waters, happier waters, healthier waters, whatever that might be for you. And if you don't like that trajectory, because a lot of blocks were identified in your reading, well, then the reading helps you to overcome them so that you can go the direction that you want. So that's the fundamental part of all of this that I'm sharing with you now. You have free will and choice. Your reading is, your life is not set in stone. It's here as a tool to help you to make the right decisions to get to wherever you want to get to. Um, then um, we, and it's also important for people to understand, the reading is not here to make you feel good about yourself. Oh, I'm so cool. I'm chosen. I don't know. I'm special. No, it's not. It's a raw, brutal reading. It is. It can be very brutal. Um, it's not sugar-coated at all. And to some people, it's a shock. And I get emails all the time. Oh, the reading was terrible. So in the old days, I was like, terrible? That's impossible. My readers are extremely good. So I watched their recordings to realize that was a fantastic reading. Only they weren't told that they're special or, you know, no. The reading is here to help you create a better life trajectory for yourself, wherever you are this moment in time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, it's raw. You know, it's, it's not sugar-coated. It gives you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Good means, in simple terms, it's a good period to do X, whatever the X might be. Write a book, move, find a partner, get pregnant, expand your business, change jobs, whatever. It's a period of time. you get free will and choice. We just show you the water. When you drink from it, it's up to you. The bad and the ugly basically mean there is a block, a block identified in your reading, in your life. You have had blocks before too. You were just not aware of them. You were hitting a tree because you were walking through a forest like a, as a blind person. You walk through it, boom, you hit a tree, you have no idea why. The reading shows you there is a block. Now you know it. What you do with it again is up to you. But the real power in a reading as I said, we give you a life trajectory. We tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we do whole life readings. Whole life. A, 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 a leaf is um, divided into 14 chapters. And each chapter covers an, a part of a human's life. Health, education, mm -hmm. family, spirituality, you name it. We read it all. Um, you know, the most important driver in my life is to be ethical, period. I want to be ethical. Mm -hmm. So we give you... In, 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 that's what my dad told me. You know, I'm, uh, I have to be very grateful for him. He was, he was a wealthy man, and also a man who had a lot of enemies because he was a, an ethical. He said, "He said, son, money makes no difference. Status makes no difference. The only thing that you have is your name. Don't f it up. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be ethical. Period. So, and I'm hence I'm very open about all that we do. So there is no woo woo involved in this. I, I'm not." Uh, embellishing anything i'm not telling you oh you're chosen you're special no it's here to help you no matter where you are today and so the real power in this the uh, the, the secret the secret is in your thumbprint that connects you with your leaf that's a secret mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the power the magic that helps you because that's the only person who can do it you to change and overcome the blocks is the last chapter of your reading and that will be the puja reading puja literally translated means healing, a prayer ceremony, or ceremonial act. 
Now in Western terminology, because I've done this once or twice uh, over the past 10 years already, <clears throat> I've given quite many talks about this, is like a, an energy shifting exercise. That's what it is, energy shifting exercise. If we all can agree, time doesn't exist the way we think it exists, that good things or whatever we consider to be good, money comes in, the job is okay, my partnership is fantastic, you know, kids, good things that we uh, uh, can uh, embrace and, um, and, um, and live with versus things that we don't like, health issues and, I don't know, being bullied at work, doesn't matter, whatever, not so good things is just energy. And it all starts here. So you can shift the energy. And that's the beauty of... Um, of an audio reading. They already knew this thousands of years ago. It's just energy, man, change it. We show you the blocks and we show you a tool to help you overcome those blocks. Again, you know, we need to think back, simple people, two, 5,000 years ago, we gotta give them homework. Mm. Now, the one example that I use most often is this. I read a book several times, way before I even got involved with this, by Paramahansa Yogananda. Maybe you've heard of it, maybe you read it yourself. The Autobiography of a Yogi, right? There you go. Mm -hmm. uh, I work with the Yogananda Institute now too. They send us uh, quite many people. <clears throat> I met them in person. They know that we're ethical. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So I was reading this and of course I was blown away because they talk about saints, you know, People live 400 years and can do this and that. You know, I'm a, I'm a half Baha'i, half Catholic kid. I was an altar boy and I went to Sunday school with the Baha'i. So to me, a saint is like somebody's long dead and did something uh, wonderful. And then the, yet in the book, there are millions of people that are saints and they walk on the streets and do this and that and the other. And so Yogananda talks about his guru when he was a teenager and his guru was a, was a healer. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the exact words, so I'm just using my, my own words. So this, uh, this guru, they travel through you know these villages and all these villagers come because he can heal them so they line up you know people with terrible diseases uh leprosy you know which is uh deadly and and, and uh, you don't want to uh, get even close to a person's leprosy you know thank god we don't have that anymore these days uh, cancer they all line up and he looks at them and says you're healed and then he gives them a homework crazy homework he says this raw egg you will carry in your right pocket for the next three weeks. Make sure it doesn't crack. From now on, you will drink milk with your right hand for the next two weeks. Make sure that you don't mix up the hands and you don't spill the milk. You know, crazy homework. Uh, so uh, Paramahansa looks at his guru and says, Guru, I don't understand. You know, uh, you can heal him. I know I've seen that you can heal him. Why the hell do you give him crazy homework? Uh, again, these are my, my uh, loose uh, words that I'm using here. And he says, son, he says, I know I can heal them, and you know too, but they don't. So they got to do something where they focus their energies on this raw egg to carry it in their left pocket for the next three weeks, make sure it doesn't crack. And by the time they invested their energies, healing will manifest itself in them. If he's careless, he's like, ah, whatever, uh, egg cracks, well, then obviously he's not ready for it, or he doesn't really want it. Hence, Healing will not manifest. So the pujas are the exact same as what Paramahansa Yogananda wrote in his book. You showing the universe that you're serious about change. The reading, the Maharishis told you, these are the blocks. Good news is, and I keep telling everyone, if a block is identified in your reading, 
don't uh, collapse and be sad. And it's like, oh my God, so many clubs. Just embrace them with all your heart and say, thank you, because it is a blessing in disguise. Now mm -hmm. you know you have a block, man. Say thank you. And then at the same time, the riches give you the tool to do something about it. I mean, how cool is that? They show you the problem and here's the solution. And all you got to do is just follow directions verbatim. That's the killer. Verbatim. The reading, not verbatim. It's a general direction. You like it? Mm. Do something to achieve it. You don't like it? Do something to overcome it and so you can go in the direction that you want. But the pujas, where the real magic and power lies, the very last chapter of your reading, you must prove to the universe and to yourself that you're serious about change. And mm. you need to do them exactly as prescribed. Not a day before, not a day later, not the way you feel like you got to do it exactly. And they're not big either, man. They won't, will take time, but it's nothing crazy that you need to do. It's just do it on the exact day as prescribed. And as you do, you will see energies will start shifting and you will bring into your reality a reality that you prefer, that you want. Hence, improve the trajectory of your life. Dr. Q, this is fascinating. I look forward to look forward to getting one of these uh, in the future, my friend. With all of the uh, you know hundreds, if not thousands, of readings that you've probably been involved with at this point, yep. what is the biggest transformation you've seen in a person's life that you can remember uh, affected by it, one of these readings? Well, first of all, my own. Simple. I mean, I'm a white guy. I don't claim to be a superstar, superpower. Hitler, no, I'm just a regular guy who wants to be a better human. That's my number one drive. And to overcome my health issues, period. And yet here I am 10 years later talking to you, free of charge. It's my free day where I'm not traveling. I'm here talking to you because I. it's been an amazing journey for me. And I just want people to get better, whatever better means to them, period. That's one. Two, um, I can give you many examples, but one of them would be, for example, uh, would be a lady called Gigi Williams. And she's a big supporter now. And she helps me a great deal, became a dear friend of mine. I met her on uh, my, my my day job where I make the money is in tourism. So she was on one of my tours. And I casually talked about what I do outside of this, you know, doing this institute work. And the people that I support said, oh my God, I want to get a reading done too. And uh, she's a Filipina lady living in, in, in Phoenix, Arizona. And um, she came to the expo. We go to quite many expos. She flew into LA. You know, we do the Conscious Life Expo. I'm sure, I guess you've heard of that too. Mm -hmm. I've been over there for many years. And uh, many people who run the expo had a reading with us too. And everyone that goes there, they all know me. So she came and she's, oh, I'm ready. So she brought the cash and she's, I want a thumbprint. And boom, we did it. And I was her moderator. Moderator, by the way, uh, so that you understand, in a reading, there are three people. The reader who only speaks Tamil and knows how to deal with this. And they... They don't speak English. Um, so we have to have a, an interpreter in the office in India, brick and mortar office that we have. Next to him sits an interpreter who interprets Tamil to English or rather English. Even though I tried my best to help improve their English and it gets better and better, of course, over the years, but still to a foreigner, you know, if you've never uh, been exposed to Indian English, it's hard. So in the early days when I, you know, just help friends, I at the time realized, man, we need to have a Western person that connects the seeker whoever gets a reading with the Indians. So we have in every reading a Western person that I train myself to who moderates it. So that's a, he, he, she, he holds your hand from the very beginning to the very end. Mm -hmm. So when you do the matching in the reading 
And if you don't understand what they say, they repeat it for you because their ears have been trained. And I train them also so they can help you understand the deeper meaning of a reading because you might receive an information, but you do not know what it actually means. Sure. They know and they will help you. So that's called a moderator. So I was a moderator for, for Gigi. And um, the reader, again, a reading is very individualized. Some people get a lot of nutritional support, you know, things they need to eat and not eat. Some people get zero. People think, oh, everyone gets the same. No, absolutely not. Depends on where you are today and what your needs are. And in her case, she's now 77, uh, exact same age as, as my mom. And her reading was maybe five years ago. The reader said, you, something is wrong. You must get a health check now, he said, which is also odd, you know, you need to get health check now. And then uh, after the talk, Gigi says, oh, do you think it was, you know, serious? Should I really get a uh, get health check? He said, Gigi, are you kidding me? When the reader says you need to get a health check now, you must go. I'm kicking your butt now virtually. Go and, you know, uh, get an appointment with your physician. So she went and did and boom, uh, she was diagnosed with cancer, Oof. breast cancer. Um, so it was already in her growing, but it was caught in time. She lost both um, breasts. And I may say so publicly because she's a big supporter. She gave testimonies and she talks to everyone who wants to hear about it. Uh, it saved her life. It saved her life. You know, without that, she would have never gone to physician and uh, she would not long be dead uh, because of the cancer uh, in her system. And so it took her a couple of years to overcome it, but she's overcome it. And every time uh, she can, and I'll give a talk, she goes and says, I'm, my name is Gigi Williams. I'm, my age is this, and this is what I can uh, vouch for. Wow. Um, so um, it can be of tremendous, you know, uh, incredible um, um, help to, to you uh, as a seeker. So, uh, you know, Reverend Bill, who was on your show too, uh, in his first reading that he had, I don't know, 20 some years ago, 30 years ago, it stopped at age 70 but Reverend Bill who's now is also a good friend of mine I talk to him all the time and I've seen him in person too um, because of the reading you know only because of this because the work and I now got to, to be friends with you too mm-hmm. um, he, in his first reading he was told oh 70 that's it and when I when I met him I said uh, no Reverend it's a guideline you know it only meant at the time there was no more information written for you so he had a second reading through me and I uh, and I was his moderator and they went deep into his 80s and told him. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. He didn't tell me either. He's like, now you're writing a book. This is the perfect time to write a book. And it was writing a book at the time. So they told him that he's going to write several more books. He's going to do this and then the other. And uh, Reverend Bill is a big supporter of, of our institute too. So uh, I, I may use his name. So so not that you think that I'm just uh, uh, blurting things out uh, without their permission. I do have their permission to to share uh, their uh, their story. Uh, so he uh, and and Reverend Bill has had a, a very rough time uh, growing mm. up. You know, he, as as you know, because you interviewed him, and um, uh, and uh, he he went to Vietnam. Aaron. Uh, was exposed to orange um, agent orange agent and orange. He cancer yeah. Yeah, um, his entire life you know many surgeries later um, so um, I, I relate to him I love what he does he's very ethical very authentic um, um, loving human being and um, but he's a so-called uh, remoksha you know in your reading first of all a person who gets a reading can only uh, only souls and again I go deeper into the uh, rabbit hole but um, since um, you said I can only old souls have a reading period so these leaves are written for old souls 
that means your last life or second last life. People that are younger, you know, their souls that needs to do still a journey, no leave. So only old ones. Or the poor suckers, as I call them, those who already are past their last life, they are moksha, which means liberation. Stupidly, they decided voluntarily to come back to help humanity. And we call those people light workers, time travelers. And Reverend Bill is one of them, one of the few that we had in our in the lifetime of our institute. So he came back voluntarily. And Reverend Bill is a great example for because you choose to come back as opposed to mandatorily being here. Now you can say, oh, I didn't want to be here, but I'm here. Um, so you can blame them, whatever them might be. But Reverend Bill, I said, Reverend Bill, the only person you can blame is you, my friend. You chose to be back and you did not choose an easy life for yourself because of all the problems that he's had and the health issues. Sure, sure, so sure, just sure. because you choose coming back does not necessarily mean that uh, you can lead the life of a Pasha and have servants and, and drink milk out of um, you know, uh, gold cups. Gold and chalice. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, correct. So um, that is um, a little bit about the readings and, and, uh, and, uh, and who it's written for. So old souls plus, and maybe I don't want to go too deep into that because it might burst your brain too. Uh, we have four yugas. You know, remember I told you my dad. Of course. Was, no, the yugas, uh, yeah. You know fact, it. My dad keeps saying yuga, but he meant yoga, you know, because sure. uh, he was not into this at all. Um, but these yugas are time periods, four mm -hmm. distinct time periods. We can compare them to, I'm just explaining them. You might know, but maybe the audience does not know. Uh, four time periods. We can compare them to um, the, um, the seasons. Sure. To keep it simple. Spring, you know, summer, fall, and winter. Now we are in so-called Kali Yuga, and Kali Yuga is comparable to winter time, which in a, in a deeper sense means that the minority of souls is evolved or more evolved, and the majority is not. We're in dark times. So the brunt lies on the shoulders of a minority of people to carry the majority through dark times. So within the minority of people, a max of 25% of souls are like that, have the potential. It's all about potential because we've got free will and choice. You can still end up killing someone and being greedy and stealing money and you know doing all the crazy things that we do as an enlightened soul. Only the old souls within the enlightened 25% get a reading. And the Maharishis did that. So those of us who get a reading can create a better life trajectory for ourselves and help hence others with their lives. Because as an old soul, you get homework called pujas. And in my case, the puja was a lifelong puja. Boy, little did I know at the time when they told me that, to social service and spiritual service. Lifelong. Because the pujas are usually a cycle of eight Saturdays, Five Thursdays, you know, you might have several of them, it might take you six or nine months to do them, but it's a one-time cycle and you're done. But an old soul's um, within within the reading is lifelong puja, social service, spiritual service, which means you want to help others consciously as best as you can from the small, helping an elderly lady across the street consciously to 
running a soup kitchen, doing free, I don't know, free coachings or whatever people do. Sure. Donate money. And spiritual service means to help others grow spiritually. I thought, you know what? Just to help people with the reading. That's it. Little did I know that 10 years in, I'm talking to you. Um, thousand readings later. And now things have gone out of hand, really, because I'm doing things that I never in my life thought. Right, 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 doing, right, right, you know? right. So that is here to help us to make this a better place because we are in the tail end of Kali Yuga. We do not know how much longer Kali Yuga will be, but we know it's the tail end. You know, some people say 30 years, some people say 100 years. Who knows? Um, it's maybe longer than my lifetime, but we are getting there. So our job as people who get a reading and are enlightened souls on this planet is to just be of service to others, mm -hmm. make this a better mm -hmm. place, period. And that's uh, why I'm here talking to you. So Dr. Q, this has been such a fascinating conversation and uh, I'm looking forward to getting a reading and, and reporting back to the audience on what my yeah, reading of course. was as well. Now I'm going to ask you a few questions. I ask all of my sure. guests. Of course. What is your definition of living a good life? Living a good life to me means that I can help. I want to if be had, ethical and help. That's it. If you had That's if life. you had a chance to go back in time and talk to little Dr. Q, what advice um, would you give him? Don't worry, in the end it all makes sense. <laughs> How do you define God? You and me, all of us. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? Dharma, to be of service, help others. And where can people find out more about you, these readings, and the work that you're doing, the amazing work you're doing in the world? Thank you. Well, our institute is called, uh, well, the website is Indian Palm Leaf Reading, IndianPalmLeafReading.com. It's pretty simple. The cost is $100. For the search, which again, being as ethical as I can be, if you don't find a bundle for you, this is a bundle of book one more time, in six months from the moment the search starts, because we are waiting to get your thumbprint, and then if the thumbprint is good, the search will start. And from that moment onwards, we look for six months. Every search time is six to 16 weeks, so three, four months. Can be faster, but can take a little longer too. We give you your money back. So that's the money to cover the search part of it. If you find the bundle, we send you an email saying, congratulations, the bundle has been found. Now you can pay the remaining balance and it will be $400 for the matching and the reading. You pay and then you can book your reading. We have reading seven days a week, twice a day because we cover the world. So we have readings at 6.45 a.m. East Coast time. So we can cover the East Coast. And at 9.45 p.m. West Coast time, that would be 12.45 a.m. New York time. Twice a day, seven days a week. Several readings a day that we offer. And in each reading, there will be the reader, interpreter, moderator. There's a way more work than you might think involved in it. And uh, every reading helps me, us, the Institute, to help more people. So as I've told you, we donate money to uh, the uh, orphanage, which is a CCWE trust. Uh, they know of us. We can all Google it. Uh, it's all out in the open. And uh, even more so, uh, now I'm starting um, to incorporate on a larger scale cow donations 
to poor people in India. If you can buy a cow and donate uh, it to a family, a milk cow, which helps them for years to have their basics covered. So our website is IndianPalmerCreating.com. You can find me on, on of course, on um, on all of the uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram and mm-hmm. LinkedIn. And my name is Dr. Q, and Dr. Q Moyed, M-O-E-Y-D. I got my website. It's all one now because that's all I do outside. Um, mm-hmm. I stopped to have no time. Period. That's the one thing I have not in my life anymore is time. Um, and so you can find me as a person and the institute as a separate entity on all of it instagram facebook youtube uh, by the way you can go on youtube and um, find us you know in some in, in palmer feeding institute we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show Several people started to uh, allow us to put their reading, and, that, and you have complete privacy. No one ever gets to see it. But they said, oh, I'm happy to share my experience with the world. So we put their entire matching and reading on YouTube. And the lady who started it might be of interest to you too. To meet her, her name is Dr. Erica Middlemiss. Uh, she lives in Phoenix too. And when I met her at the Conscious Life Expo, I said, oh my God, Dr. Q, you do such a great work. You know what? She had no clue what I'm doing, really. She just felt drawn to it. I said, you know what? Record it and put it on YouTube. I said, Erica, you have no clue what you're talking about. That's very intimate. They will tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. And they, there's, uh, there will be dirt, you know. I said, oh, don't worry about it. And so and so we did. And now she has 100,000 views already. Her reading, like her actual super personal private reading is on there and when people saw that she put it out there now we have a dozen people who said oh i'm happy to do it too so doctor uh, so reverend bill uh, has put his on on it and god knows you know a kid a 19 year old kid from poland who's uh, been mentoring ever since had oh, put it out there i said man that's very uh, and i was like i was shocked he said man they talk about you being gay your parents don't even know that yet. I said, ah. Don't worry about it. Just put it on. So we have a 19-year-old kid, uh, you know, Reverend Bill, who is like 70-some years old, uh, male, female, Indian people had uh, their uh, reading be put on. So people can actually watch it. They understand that it's out in the open. They have nothing to hide. It's it's as authentic as it possibly can be. And uh, But rest assured, everyone else, it's highly private. We do not keep any records. Once your reading is done, once you downloaded your files, it's deleted from my system. So you cannot come back Five months later, saying, oh, I lost my computer. Can I have a copy of it? No, you cannot. It's deleted. It's over. So I'm telling you this too. It's on you. Once you downloaded it, my system tells me it's been downloaded. So you get a recording of your reading. You get the whole chat history of uh, Zoom. We do it over Zoom too uh, because we type a lot for you to understand things better. You get pictures of your palm leaf, both sides in high resolution. And most importantly, at the end, your poo just in a PDF format, including all the gods and goddesses. You all got to do is just print them out and follow directions. Once you have that sucked into your system, you know, we send it via WeTransfer, and the system tells me that you have downloaded it, the system automatically deletes it. I don't know. It doesn't happen right away, but, you know. Seven days. Seven days. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not an IT person. I'm an idiot when it comes to IT stuff. Um, so they, uh, it's it's gone. So because I get emails all the time. Oh, you know, can we get this? And I said, no. I told you it's in the email that we sent you. Download it. You got 30 days to download it. And once it's downloaded, 
the system That's automatically cool. deletes it so I can now go back and, and reconstruct gotcha. it. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so it's private. It's important for me to tell because people think, oh my God, you know, there's readings online and how come? And, you know, we have written permission from all whoever is, is online. It's a very different story altogether. You, the vast majority, private, period. Dr. Q, thank you again so much for coming on the show and sharing this uh, this ancient uh, technology, if you will, this ancient it wisdom is, it is, it with, is, it with is. all of us, my it friend. Is. So I, yes. I appreciate you. you and everything you're doing for the world, my friend. So thanks again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you for having me. I want to thank Dr. Q so much for coming on the show and sharing his knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash three, three, five. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.